are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that, and like you, right now. So be encouraged. And let your light shine. shine. Oh, I forgot my cheaters. You try these. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you are wearing cheaters. These are terrible. What are these? Those are cheaters. Those are like Those are rogue glasses. glasses. <laughs> <laughs> you need a magnifying glass? Maybe. All right. <gasps> would you one wear, of them? Would you wear a monocle if I bought you a monocle? Here I would. Just everywhere to Not work. everywhere, no. But here, of course. <laughs> You could make her her own little hanger. On we the look wall. so cute at the Shine <gasps> podcast. <laughs> so this was a big week because Elena turned eighteen, oh and gosh. Robert just left for the army today. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was today? Yes, so yes today. You're try not to be a blubbering mama. <laughs> well, that was my main concern. I was like, I, I don't know if I should do this. I might have to reschedule again, but. I'm okay today. Yesterday was worse than today. And you're starting school in four weeks? Mm-hmm. Hobbies? Reading, writing, and arithmetic. <laughs> <laughs> I love working out. I love running. I love reading books. And I love watching movies. And a darn good nap here and Oh, yes. How can I forget the naps? <laughs> I am a competitive napper. Who else was a competitive napper? We discussed this. Liz Osborne. Yeah. She's a competitive napper. She is competitive. I'm not sure if you use that, but it was something that along the lines of professional, professional napping. She was a professional, but she didn't win any prizes for it. No, there's never any prizes. What's the last movie you've watched that's been good? They haven't been good. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) I tell you, because the last one I really invested in, I was invested until the end, and I was like... That was awful. I just wasted so much time watching that. What was it? Oh, gosh. I can't remember what it was called. It had Jessica Chastain in it. This guy who they thought was crazy, and he was headed to a psych ward because of all the decisions he was making. And then at the very end, everything he said was going to happen, happened. So then he wasn't crazy anymore. And it ended with his wife looking at him going, okay. (laughs) That was it. That was the end. (laughs) I was like, that was awful. I love how you can love people, but not be able to watch movies with certain people. Discussing our movie choices makes me think about my sister and myself. We don't watch movies together. You know, you have people you watch movies with. Oh, my sister and I can't watch movies together We can't watch movies. We don't have the same taste at all. Hope would want to sit down, sweet little rom-com. No. I recommended Legends of the Falls to Monica. Oh, stop. Oh, did she cry for like a week straight? Oh, my straight? gosh. She was so mad at me. She's like, you said that was a good movie. <laughs> I'm like, it really was a good movie. It was a tragedy, though. They all died. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, it's, fr- it's from 1975. <laughs> yeah, that too. I'm sure there's not one person in the United States who hasn't seen that. Well, I was in trouble with her because I said it was good and... My idea of a good movie and her idea of a good movie yeah. are not the same. Very different. Yeah. Lisa should watch movies with hope. I was going to say, I and I like a little grit. Me too. Oh, and she likes and- Pride and Prejudice. No. <laughs> <laughs>
When Chris and I were dating, we were going to watch oh, D Day wow. or no. Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yes. No. We, we were watching war films. I mean, that's the type of stuff. So I can't so, watch yeah. movies with Monica and I can't watch movies with Lisa, but I can watch movies with Denise. Yeah, you sure can. Okay. <laughs> you sure good. can. If you can find a good one up. out there nowadays. Okay. Okay. Before we start, Jonathan just wants to remind you that your cat has peed on him. Yes. My cat never did any such thing before that night. <laughs> I just love it because I'm like, of course that would happen. Like but on only his Jonathan. Foot or was he holding him? On his back. Jonathan was laying on his side. We were just over for a picnic and here comes Frank across the stream. Like, hey, he loves to be where I am. So here he comes. He walks right behind Jonathan and just peas right on his back and he's like your cat just peed on me and i was like no he didn't sure enough his t-shirt was soaked i loved listening to his podcast though he made me laugh out loud quite a few times oh my gosh i told him my favorite quote is that his children they haven't had work done like his children haven't had plastic surgery yeah that his children haven't had plastic surgery that was probably my favorite quote I, yeah, I wanted to shoot him a text and be like, I just thoroughly enjoyed your podcast, but I didn't want to be weird. Oh, my gosh. Kate, I, thought, I have a question for you. I thought I'd be raring to go. I'm hard drag right now. How are you a, such a night owl, but you're always exhausted? Yeah, Why don't you just go to bed? <laughs> well, I'm tired right now because it's... <laughs> I was up all night long because I could not sleep. I just couldn't sleep. You say that every time. Why are you so tired today, Kate? I- I'm tired right now because <laughs> <laughs> we stayed up till 2 a.m. Exactly. I do. Well, I'd stay up because Chris stays up. He's a night owl, so I stay up. I just hang out with him. It's really nice. I do. We what stay if up he wants together. to be by himself? <laughs> he probably does. He's waiting for me to leave the room. He's like, good He'd God. He'd go to bed woman. earlier if you did. Yeah, really? He could finally get some alone time. Nope. I'm a great hoverer. I'm just kidding. I don't hover. It's almost past our bedtime. It's already past my bedtime. <laughs> and that's not a joke. No, it's To not. all you listeners out there. It is 8.30, and Denise should be in bed. Thanks for squeezing us in. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Kate's got a whole nother shift ahead of her. I do. I got another five hours in this puppy. What? She's got a five-hour shift after this. I have to sit with Chris. (laughs) Uh, Your poor invalid husband. (laughs) Maybe he does not want you to sit with him. He's probably all this year been like, I wish she would go to bed. (laughs) So I can have 40 minutes alone. He'd go to bed a lot earlier. When are we having him on this podcast? How many weeks? He's coming up soon. We'll ask him then. (laughs) Yeah, that's when we'll get to the truth. We'll get the truth out of him. Do you even it's like me? A, this is going to be like a real Judge Judy slash Maury Povich type podcast. We can question him, like judge and jury. I like it. Maybe no one <laughs> He won't ever Maury. come back. Oh, I do. <laughs> you watch Maury Povich? I don't watch him, no. What's his name? But I remember him. Oh, Maury. you remember him. He's still on. Isn't he like a governor or something? What? Who was that? <laughs> Who's that show that they all did? They do the paternity tests all the time. Jerry oh, Springer. Yeah, you are the father. <laughs> he was a governor or something. Yes, he was. I, yes. 
<laughs> and then there was Geraldo Rivera. <laughs> he got punched in the nose. <gasps> I don't know what he did. I just know he got punched in the nose. This will not turn into that. No. I promise. You going to make it? <laughs> I'm great. I'm ready to go. All right. I'm all about it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. It's Bet. It's Cat and Denny. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we are here with our beautiful friend, Denise Coleman. Woo, woo, Welcome, woo. Denise. Thank you. Do we even yeah. call you Denny now? Denny De- Ice, please. <laughs> Dina. <laughs> D-Nice. <laughs> Wait, people call you D-Nice? They do. My because mom especially. That, <laughs> because of that Keel and Peel. Who were those guys? Key, Key and Peel. Key and Peel. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Denise was born and raised in Columbiana, Ohio. She's a graduate of Columbiana High School. She married her high school sweetheart the same year she graduated. They moved to Tennessee where he was in the military and they were there for two years. And that's where their son Robert was born. After coming back to Columbiana, she started her long journey of higher education. She went to Kent State for to work on her associates and human services in between starting and getting her associates degree. They had another child. Elena was born and Denise spent several years on and off and at night schools part-time working hard on her associates degree, which she achieved in 2010. She went back to school to work on her bachelor's and graduated from Kent State in 2014 with a degree in human development and family studies. Denise was married for 17 years. She's been divorced for the past six years. She's starting her master's this fall, going back to YSU to work on her master's in counseling, which has been a dream of her since she's been in middle school. She works currently at the Family Recovery Center with Columbiana County. She teaches prevention and social emotional skills to children and self-esteem, healthy relationships. I can teach anywhere from K to six. So she's been doing that. It's been a rough week. Her daughter turned 18 this week and her son just left for the army today. So Denise, it's so great to have you here. Thanks for coming. It's past your bedtime. It's been a rough week, but we're so happy you're here. (laughs) Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I'm great. Me too. So tell us, Denise, who or what turned your light on? Hmm. Well, I would have to give all the credit of turning my light on to my sister, Michelle. I was raised in the Catholic Church And I always knew that God was there. I just never experienced him until I went to church with her. And she used to go to what used to be the Columbiana Tabernacle, which is now Victory on Route 7. And the first time she took me there, I was just sitting in my chair and listening to the music. And I just just experienced this rush came over me. And I got goosebumps everywhere. And I just started bawling my eyes out. And it was the best feeling I had ever had. And I couldn't wait to feel that again. I continued to go with her, but that's what turned my light on. I just loved, I felt that. And I just knew that like Jesus was there and it was so real to me then. Growing up Catholic, I I heard about him and, and learned about him. I just didn't experience him like that. And were you married with kids at the time? No, I was, was- 15. You were. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
Was this about the same time Lisa went? Did you guys all kind of go yeah, together? Yeah, Michelle became the save. This Well, she started saving everyone in our family. She started <laughs> going to church. She's like, you have to come to church with me here at this church. We're like, okay, Michelle. And then we all ended up loving it and still there. So yeah, around the same time. So I mean, as a 15-year-old, like, what does that look like? You decided to go to church with your sister then from that point, and I mean, did you get involved, or was it kind of like a... I mean, I went to a few youth group things. I went to a convention, because she and her husband were the youth group leaders of that church, so, you know, she'd bring me to all kinds of functions, and I met people, but I still had those people I hung out with from church and the people I hung out with at school, and it was two different lives, so... That's what it looked like. <laughs> when did yeah. you get to the point where your lives converged or, or your circles converged? I don't know if I could actually answer that question. You know, high school was really hard for me. I didn't know who I was, as many high schoolers don't. But my identity was with my friends, and I didn't really mix those two together. Like, my best friend knew like, hey, I'll be at church tonight, so I'm not going to do this or that. And she knew about that. But then I still kind of just stayed that pattern for quite a long time. And then I got married and moved. So and you were still a baby. Yeah. When you got married and moved. So yeah. What was that journey like moving away from your support system with your sister and brother in law and getting married and moving to Tennessee? Did you stay plugged into a church? It's the first thing I did when I moved there. It was the first, I remember waking up the first Sunday there and I got dressed. He's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to church. Because I knew if I didn't go to church, I wasn't going to find anybody that could be my friend or be a support to me. Or And I knew that's exactly where I needed to go. And I met our two closest friends that we're still really good friends with to this day. I just went on vacation with them this past summer. It was the pastor's daughter and her husband, and they're just great friends. I was thankful to meet them. Did he go to church with you? Did he know about your faith? Um, or When he was gone for my senior year, around the time that I was getting ready to move is when I really wanted him to dive into that. It was all, it was a bunch of back and forth with him as well because we came from the same friend group. So it was just really hard to quit that and go to this. But while we were in Tennessee, that's pretty much what we did. We were with our friends from church, and we were close with them, and we did church things. And we got really close with a lot of people. And then when we moved home, we were back with our old friends again, and it was really hard. Oh. And I became more serious about it before he did. And I would take a lot of jokes from his friends and, like, kind of being made fun of, you know. And he's just like, just... You know, he wouldn't really say much, but I mean, there was a time there when you, for a couple of years that we were both very, very, very serious and in it together. Mm. And then, I don't know, just a lot of back and forth. That's, just, I mean, I don't have an answer for that. When did those two groups hit each other? I, I don't know as if they ever did. I just think I had to grow out of one and grow more into the other one. And what did your journey look like from finding Jesus at 15 and it being a totally different experience than what you had grown up with, and then getting married as a teenager and moving and having you know that relationship? Like, what did the journey look like from 15, getting introduced to Jesus, to moving, coming back, 
not being on the same page all the time as your husband. How did that play out for you? It was very hard. It was like that for most of the time. The Bible says not to get married to anyone, like do not be unequally yoked. And that's exactly what I felt that we were. I came away with two beautiful children, but that was a rough ride because I knew what I should have been doing and I I feel like I didn't listen. And so I chose my own path and it was really hard. What have you learned about Jesus on that path that's been hard? Well, one, that he's always there. Two, he really does um, desire the best for us. He has plans to prosper us. He has plans for our future. We just need to listen. We need to listen. And that's the hardest part for me, for most people, is to listen because I have trust issues. I've had them since I was a child. So it's really, and I didn't grow up with a father. So it's really hard for me to say, oh, yeah, I trust this man. It's just really hard to do that. But I think the older you get, you realize, or I've realized, oh, my goodness, he really has just knit me together in the most wonderful way. And he knows everything about me and he knows what's best for me. And I just need to let go and let him. It's just been really hard because I'm very stubborn. (laughs) (laughs) But loved. Yeah. Have you been able to get to a place where it's easier or you're faster to yield to what he's saying to you? Because you've learned from, you know, that he has the, Jesus has the best for you and wants the best for you. Is it getting easier? Yes, I would say it's getting easier, but it's never to a point where I'm like, oh, hey, this is so easy now. It's just not, it's easier than it was when I was 20, but it's still hard because there's always those things that you want and you just wonder why you can't have them. (laughs) I mean, we're really not here to know all the answers. So just keep having that conversation with him and just wait. One thing I'm thankful for, though, is that I have joy all the time. I don't want to say like 24-7. I mean, things do happen that get me down, but I am able to find the joy in almost every experience I have. Even if it's painful, I still feel like he's been there for me at every turn and he's provided for me and he has made sure that I come out in a good place. And I have trust in that. We like to laugh with Denise. Yes. Yes, we do. Denise likes to laugh at herself, too. (laughs) So, Denise, tell us, what lights you up? My children light me up. (laughs) And other people light me up. I love people. I love talking to people, meeting people, hanging out with people, getting to know people. Yes. So those two things. I feel like you ask great questions. I feel like you've always been such a good questioner. Now, I feel like that's one of the first things like I actually noticed about you, like before I knew you. Thanks. And was watching you. You ask great questions. That's great to I- I know. I like how inquisitive you are about people. I mean, I think that you really do love people, but I love how inquisitive you are because I feel like drawing people in and asking good questions is such a lost art, honestly. Yeah, it is. So I appreciate it when people ask good questions and are honestly interested and inquisitive about other people's lives. I like and watch for those characteristics in people because what I noticed oftentimes is that when we're out, we ask questions, but the questions don't come back. And 
I'm like, we need to teach a generation of people how to have back and forth. I think mm-hmm. you could go somewhere and talk to people and not ever say anything. You just ask questions because people don't ask back. And they'll, they'll just talk and talk and talk. And you're like, I didn't even have to say anything. <laughs> yes. And that's nice when you're just having a, a quick encounter with someone. However, it's not nice when you're trying to build a relationship or, right. or be friends with somebody because that makes it very hard. If you can't get to know someone, you can't be their friend. There's no relationship. Yet the, where's the relationship? That's what I love. Like, I love to know things about people. Thanks. So your kids are in new stages. They light you up. But how's that changing for you now that, I mean, technically, they're both adults. Elena still has a year of high school left. But Mm -hmm. how are you seeing that relationship shift? With my children, it seems like when your kids are little, it's a stage that is like never ending. And you're like, I can't wait till they grow up. And then when they grow up, you're like, that was so quick. It goes by so fast. And people will tell you that. Um. It's very hard. I feel so lonely sometimes because my kids used to depend on me and now they don't so much anymore. I mean, you always need your parents, but not as much as you used to. But I, if I think back to anything about like how it was with my mom, yeah, I broke away from her right after high school and probably didn't come back till a couple years later, but it wasn't very long. And now it's like my mom's one of my best friends. I I know that they'll return. It's just hard when they're going through this time where they're finding themselves and finding out what they want to do with their lives. And it can be very painful and sad. And I cry a lot (laughs) because I love them so much and I just don't want them to ever go away, Mm -hmm. but they have to. And you have nine more months with her in the house. Yeah. Although she says she's going to commute to college. So I have comfort in that. I take comfort. Uh, You're like, I'll drive you. (laughs) (laughs) Transportation by mom. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, there won't be because she'll be going to school in the morning and I'll be going at night. It's just nice that she'll be there, that she's still there, that she still lives there. That's going to be very hard for me when she leaves. And I tell her all the time, do not ever do anything just because your mom feels bad. Do what you want to do. I'm just letting you know how I feel, but I want you to do it. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. So it's so exciting that you're starting your master's in counseling in the fall, because that has been a dream of yours forever, or at least to middle school. So talk to us about that process of having that dream and what you, I remember our very first Shine meeting, I asked everybody what dreams were in their heart, and that was your dream, and that was 15 years ago. Talk to us about that process of why you wanted to do that and what you're feeling about it now that you're it's becoming a reality. I wanted to do that because due to some early family circumstances, my mom put me in counseling when I was in about sixth grade. And I, the woman that I saw, I will never forget her and I'll never forget her name. And I have come back in contact with her a couple times and I've let her know she gave me a voice when I didn't have one. And she asked me questions about what I wanted and what what I thought needed to happen. And those weren't the kind of questions I was getting from any other adult. She made me feel so great. And I just wanted to do that for other people. I wanted to be a person that could do that for other people. I feel really great about it. I can't wait to start school because I love being in school. I love learning new things and new things about things that I want to learn about. (laughs) 
not geometry, for instance. I don't care about that. Oh my gosh, you sound like Chris. That's why he hated school. <laughs> yes. He's like, I enjoy learning. I want to learn what I want to learn. Exactly. Not what you're teaching me right now. Exactly. So. so this stuff, this puts a fire under me too. Like I just, it's so interesting to learn how the mind works and how, and just why people do what they do. Right now I'm feeling, am I going to do well? I hope so. And then when I graduate, am I going to really believe that I graduated? Probably not. And when I go to, I don't know, to be with my very first client on my own by myself, you know, just in a room with them, am I going to know what the heck I'm doing? I hope so. You know, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. It's just very exciting. It's very exciting to me. But it's something that I've always wanted to do, and I can't believe it's here. And then when it actually happens, I'm going to be like, is this real? You've been preparing for it since sixth grade. I think maybe that's probably one of the reasons why you ask good questions of people. You said she asked you good questions that no one else was asking you and gave you a voice. And Mm. you are modeling that and have been modeling that when you meet new people. And when you're talking to people, you're asking good questions. Thanks. And oftentimes in counseling, it's not like the counselor's doing all the talking. (laughs) Sometimes you just get a really good question and you talk it out and you're like, oh, I just heard what I sounded like. Yes. (laughs) I just heard that and that's a bad idea. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Or they say, how's that working out for you? (laughs) Apart from you asking great questions, I also think you're a really good example of perseverance because there are not a lot of people who have dreamt about something, who then put it aside for a while. And in their, am I allowed to say your age, 40s? Can I say that? Yeah. And in their 40s decide, I'm going to do that still. That's still what I want to do. So I'm going to. That's impressive. Let's start off by saying this. Thank you. And then I'm going to say, I can't keep doing this for the next. Doing what you're doing now? 20 or so years. Yeah. Because that's all the time I have left. (laughs) What? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You're out at 60. Oh, my God. I'd be fat. I can't keep doing what I'm doing right now. It's not my passion. It does not make me happy. It's not. It provides, and it's a job, and but that's what I'm most good at it. that's people do. It's they okay. find something yeah. that provides, yeah. and they make some money. Right. But I don't want to do that anymore. Thank you for that example. <laughs> You're welcome. Mm-hmm. How long's the program? It's two years. Pretty sure. <laughs> Pretty sure. Get all your paperwork. It's like a six-year program. Like, <laughs> How are you letting your light shine in this season of your life? I love to love people. If I see a complete stranger, this is what I like doing. And this is why people think I'm strange. <laughs> people don't get me all the time. And that's fine. I could walk up to a complete stranger in the store and just be like you know what, you look really pretty today. And you need to know that. And I love to do that. And sometimes I'll get weird looks. And sometimes they'll be like, well, thank you. Sometimes in the past, I had gotten looks before from people that made me feel uncomfortable. So then sometimes depending on the person, I will say, listen, I'm not a stalker. And I'm not weird. You just look very nice today. And you need to know that. Or I just love to tell, you know, I've walked up to people and just said, you know, I feel like I should tell you God loves you. Just, I love to do that to random people. It's my favorite thing to do. Tell us some of your stories. Well, I was recently at Walmart and I saw this woman. She was pushing what looked like her mom 
in a wheelchair in front of her, and she was dragging the cart behind her. And she wasn't very good at walking. And she it just looked like she was struggling a lot. I passed her and I smiled at her and I said, you have a really tough job there. And she was like, yeah. And then she just kept walking. And I went to the checkout line and I was standing there for a minute. And I had just recently been gifted with some money. And I felt like God was telling me to go back to her. And so I I just love to bless people. If I can do it, I will do it. And I just, you know, handed her some money and I said, I really wanted to, I just want to bless you. And she was, she looked at me, she goes, oh no, I, 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 I don't need that. And I said, no. And when I said that and looked at her, she just kind of like looked at me. I said, I want to bless you today. And she was like, thank you. And it just made my day. It made my day. I love stuff like that. I don't know. There there are a lot of elderly people also when I'm out shopping and I just like to stop and talk to them just because they say just a simple smile can make your day brighter. I just always like to walk up alongside them and just be like, how are you today? They might say, oh, good, or they're not doing so good. And I'm like, yeah. And I'll just wait for them to tell me what's going on. And I just have conversations with people that I don't know and I probably will never see again. One time this lady, you know, there's a four-way stop, right? Like Walmart. And then there's, what else is around there? There's like Walmart, and then, Duncan, Circle K. Yeah, right and then there. across the way there's Home Depot. Home Depot. Okay, so this lady was coming out of Walmart while like say UPS was at her left, that little plaza at her left. And it's her turn to go and she just, she just, man, throws her foot on the gas and she turns left and she's in this like red minivan and all these groceries roll out of her side door that wasn't closed. <gasps> A pack of donuts, some Sunny D. She she pulled off onto the side of the road where the the Dollar General is in that plaza, yeah. and she's just sitting there. She got out of her car and was trying to pack things together. And there's all this food all over the street. So I turned around and I parked my car there at the red light, and I got out. And yeah, I mean the lights were still going, but I was like, I'm getting this food for this woman. She just lost a whole bag of food, and she's not going to be able to come out here and get it. So I picked all that up. And I put it in my car and then I drove up to the plaza where she was and I said, hey, you lost all of these things when you turned the corner. And she's like, I did. They came out of my car. And I was like, yeah, they flew out of your car. She was like, oh, thank you so much. And I was like, you're welcome. Have a good day. (laughs) Just (laughs) adventures like this. I love them. And what's interesting is that I feel like sometimes when we are open and willing to do that kind of stuff, those situations seem to find us. What I've noticed, and this always happens, I see this happen with Chris, like more and more, like the longer we're around places and we're with other people we don't know, strangers, but we're smiling, you wouldn't believe what has happened to our shopping experiences. They didn't used to be this way, but they've become this way, where all of our shopping experiences are these women asking for Chris to come with them to help them to reach all of these items off of shelves they can't reach. I mean, this didn't happen, but then one time it happened, and then another time it happened, and now it just happens all the time. Everywhere we go, there's a woman saying, please, could you help me? I just think it's so interesting. They seem to pop up more often when you're willing and obedient to be there and serve. <laughs> it could be that he's just <laughs> 10 foot 5. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, he's always been that tall. It's just been interesting watching it happen more and more and more and more and more. Yes. And he's a gentle creature. <laughs>
is. He is. But I love how you welcome that. And I feel like in an age where it feels like sometimes people purposefully try to stay away from other people or purposefully stay away from conversation, you were just saying it might it might weird some people out, but it's good. Yeah, yeah. it is good. It's a light. It's a joy to their day. And if I can do that, I'll do it. I think it's it's so much fun. In the midst of your storytelling, can you give me a story where you've experienced something supernatural? Um. So I found out that at this time, Robert was about 14, um, that he had been using his art skills around the town of Columbiana. And uh, he got in trouble with the police um, because of it. And he had also taken up a habit of smoking and um, not cigarettes either. So I was a little distraught. Also, at the same time, my husband at the time had quit his job without telling me um, because he wasn't happy where he was working and wanted a different job. But he had to go through a couple weeks of apprenticeship before he would actually start working and being paid. Also at the same time as all of this, I had just graduated from Kent with my bachelor's degree, so I wasn't working at the time. Also at the same time as this... Elena had a dance recital in the next couple of days. So talk about a feeling of your world crumbling while you still have to celebrate. That was what I was going through. And it was one of the hardest times of my life. I happened to be dog sitting for a friend. She had asked me to do that for her like the week after I graduated. And she's like, hey, it's a paid gig. Just come sit with my dog. So I did. And she kind of lives out in the country. So in the early mornings that I was there, I would just sit out there and uh, I took my journal. I would read my Bible. And at the time, I was reading a devotional called Streams in the Desert. I read this concern that is out of my control, this task in which I have greatly overestimated my own abilities. This is what I may cry out for him to do for me with calm assurance he will perform it. And this all made sense to me, but it was something that was really hard to do, although I wanted to do it so bad. So I just kept asking him to please take this from me, take this huge burden from me that I am not equipped to solve on my own. My hands are open, just take it. And there were times where I just didn't know if he would. And I just kept saying, Lord, I believe you, please forgive my unbelief. And I just kept saying that every day that I thought that I was not able to get past this, all of these huge obstacles at the same time. It happened within a matter of hours, couple days. I don't remember. All I know is it happened quickly. And from the time I read all of that and was pleading with him to take over to the time that I was able to just open my hands and give the situation to him, it was so quick. And it just felt like a huge weight was lifted off of me because his yoke is light. And because of how burdened I was with holding on to all of it, it just, when it happened, it was like I could breathe again. And he brought me peace. He brought me sleep, which I wasn't getting a lot of because I would be pacing up at night, just pacing over the worries with my son, the worries with finances, the, the worries that I wasn't giving Elena enough attention because I had all of these problems going on at the same time. And it's really hard to let our children go when this happens because when they get old enough to start making their own decisions, it's hard for us to just 
watch them make these decisions and uh, because we see them and we think, oh my gosh, they're taking the wrong path. They're doing this wrong. I wish they would turn around. But that's not, that's not up to us. And that's where they meet Jesus. This whole time took me back to, um, I used to listen to T.D. Jakes a lot. And I remember, I just remember he would say there was a time where he was going through his daughter or his son, I can't remember which, just kind of walked away from God and were doing their own little thing. And he said, anytime anyone asks me, how's your child? I say, they're walking out their salvation. Instead of dwelling on what they're going through, they're doing this, they're doing that, they got in trouble for this, they're walking out their salvation because they are. Our kids need their own lessons and they need to learn how to meet Jesus on their own. They are, you know, our stories can't be their stories. That just really helped me get through a lot of things. That was a huge time in my life where I felt like God just came up beside me, took my hand and took care of everything. I know that was a lot packed into one, but that's really good. It was, it was an amazing, it was a terrible time, but it was an amazing time mm-hmm. at the same time. It's things like that, which is why I say so strongly that it doesn't matter what I might be going through that's really hard. I know that he's going to provide for me, and there's no question in my mind. There's no question in my mind. He's going to provide for me. He always has. He always will. He has had his hand on my life, my whole life, even though I've made bad decisions. He has always come through for me. Yeah, there's just been a lot of times in my life where I feel like so much worse could have happened, and it didn't. And I just thank God for that. I just think it's really beautiful that the years have shown that he's really interested in making you whole and being faithful to you, that that relationship with Jesus is what is health and wholeness and life. People are never it. Yeah. I think that's why a lot of people end up leaving churches. They get disappointed by people. That's not God doing that, though. That's people. You can't put all your your hope in people. They'll disappoint you. But Jesus doesn't. No. Are you going to turn into a pumpkin? <laughs> it looks like you two are. I, to. <laughs> I think I'm doing better than the both of you. You're killing it. I've been you very are. impressed. I, I haven't seen you yawn once. No, I haven't. I'm trying to be professional. You are. <laughs> You're super professional. If people only could see us. Right exactly. Now. <laughs> you may not look professional, but you, your presentation has been very professional. It's always the messy buns. It gives us away. You don't have a bun. I'm working on it. It came from a party. She looks good tonight with I'm her spray foam. <laughs> it's not spray. What is it? Foam? It's, it's just... spray foam. It's... <laughs> it's just foam. You put foam on your face? Oh, no. 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 No, not on my face. Where is it? Look like Casper. Oh, my legs. Your legs are see through. (laughs) Now we have messy buns. Here we go. I love your story that, you know, you grew up without a healthy man figure in your life and have had a lot of hurt and pain that in that area, but Jesus keeps showing up and he keeps walking with you and you know how Kate said, you really have persevered through a lot of things and a lot of situations that have been hard. And I think Jesus has been there with you, walking through it with you all this time. And you respond to that and you keep going and you allow him to change you and mold you and you're learning from the things that he's trying to teach you. I think that you demonstrate that your life can be hard, but 
walking with Jesus makes it all worth it. You know, it's so exciting that you are entering into the last stage of your dream to go to school to get your counseling because he was sitting with you in that counseling room when you were sixth grade. You know, Mm -hmm. he's been walking that journey with you this whole time. And you're going to be ready for it. And you're going to be great because you've been practicing this whole time. So I'm looking Thank forward you. to counselor. Denise. Counselor. Denny Ice. <laughs> no, we won't do that. My brother-in-law, Rob, asked me one time, he's like, how'd you get so funny? I said, it's from all the trauma. <laughs> and that's like a joke in our family. That's how I am. I'm like, I'm filled with humor. Like I have to make something. I have to make something that's not funny, funny. And I also know that's a defense mechanism, but whatever. I have fun doing it. (laughs) Well, Denise, we really appreciate you coming on and sharing a part of your story. And we look forward to what's to come for you. So make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye. Bye.